Hey friends, this is Mario J. Radford. I'm the pastor of Growth Point Church, and this is our podcast. I pray that it connects, leads, and maybe introduces you to a growing and life-changing relationship with Jesus. Now let's go into the message. It says, for he himself, talking about Jesus, he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. Verse 17, and he came, Jesus came, and preached peace to you who were far off, and peace to those who were near. For though through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father, so that you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Anywhere in that scripture did we ever see what you had to do. None of that said what you did on your own. These are the things that Jesus did. I want you to make sure that as we continue this series that some of you all are hung up on things you need to do. You will always fall short. As we talked about last week, it is by grace we have been saved. It is not of your works. So I want to end this particular, uh, this, this message today, and I want to talk about this from the topic, Jesus did it. I want you to turn to a few people and say, Jesus did it. Father, be glorified in this time, in this moment, in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. There are a lot of different things that I and myself have tried to approach or tried to do on my own, and I always fall up short, whatever that might be, um, constantly trying to also, um, those of you who are helping with Trunk or Treat, if you didn't see the announcements earlier, please see uh, Portia after service today, I want to tell you that. But there are a lot of different things that I try to do on my own uh, that I can't do, and I always wind up falling short of that. Um, and always trying to measure up to some particular standard or some type of view or some type of uh, expression that uh, someone might uh, receive me and say that you've done everything you're supposed to do. Um, I don't know if there's any of you all who've done everything you know to do and after you get through doing everything you know to do, you feel like you still haven't done anything. Where you've tried, you've, um, you've turned every cheek you have and you are at the point where you're like, I don't know what else to do. I'm not really sure. Am I the only person in this room where you just, I don't know if any of you all have ever been at the point where you are at a point where you have just gotten tired of explaining anything. Just tired of explaining. Like getting to the point where you realize that you're gonna come up with whatever conclusion you're gonna come up with, no matter what I say. And no matter what I do, you're going to come up with your own conclusion 
because as a man thinks, so is he. Now, some of you will say, well, what are you talking about? I'm talking about all of our life. All of us are fighting principalities, spiritual wickedness in high places. You have to stop wasting your energy arguing with a fleshly being. When the spirits that you are dealing with are not them, it is what is trying to control them. When God said he is not the author of confusion, it's not that I try to establish confusion, but the spirit that tries to control me will sometimes create confusion to make you feel as if you don't even know where you are in life. Where you're in church, you're here, you're in your mind, you're in this life, and you just feel like you're all over the place. And if any of you are in this place that you're here and you feel like you're at war, yes, it's the right message for you. If you feel like you are presently in war right now, this is the message for you. Is there anybody in this room who says I'm in a war right now? That you just feel like you're in a war. I'm just in a battle. I cannot seem to break loose of it. I'm just right in a battle. Maybe y'all came, it's the suit might have thrown you off, but I, I got a message for you. It's the, it's the same postal service, just a different deliverer. There is a battle for your sanity. There is a battle for your sanity to get you to stop focusing on Jesus and focus on something that has lesser power. For you, there are many people, a lot of us, you are great, hear this and don't, don't, please do not get upset by this or get offended by it. Many of you are great worshipers, but you are weak warriors. When you are at war, you attack people. When you are at war, you attack, you attack issues. That's fleshly. That's what we do. But spiritual war, I don't attack you. I attack it. So when you're at worship, when you're in worship, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Go, I love you. I praise you, whatever. But when you're at war, my, a lot of times our mind is like, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can handle it. I feel I'm all over the place. But you just got through worshiping. War and worship are twins. The more I worship, the more I win. The less I worship, the less I win. You want scripture for it? He says he teaches my hands to war. He teaches me how to war in the spirit. Some of you need to learn how to war in the spirit, not talk about the spirit. War for that thing. Go into war. Like meaning, when is the last time you went to war in prayer? Well, you sat that thing and stood up. Because what I'm saying is, many of us pray. We have devotionals and we do all these different things. But I'm asking a question. How is it that we go through our devotional rituals, but we still get up defeated? How do we still walk around so depleted and, def and deflected and like I can't move on and I can't make it in this life? If we don't know, if you don't know who the enemy really is, then he will beat you at the game every time. But for you to know who you're fighting against, someone holler out in this room and say, this is a spiritual thing. Someone holler out, it's a spiritual thing. 
So here in this thing, and I just, I, I, play, I pray I get off this one part. The first few, verse, first few lines of this verse make me want to run all the way around New Circle Road and all up to Jefferson uh, town, County somewhere. Here it says here, it says, for he himself is our peace. He, Jesus, if you need peace, get him. He himself is our peace who has made us both one and broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. What that means is what Jesus did, the first thing he did is and how he did it, he gave me peace through war. Those of you who say I've been in war, how can I have peace in war? Many of us go to war and it separates us. Jesus went to war and brought us together. He says he gave me peace through war. Someone say peace through war. When it says he alone is our peace, what that means is he established peace with God. He did it. He, came, he united us back with God because my flesh had to get, my flesh had created a wall against God. My flesh meaning my sinful nature. My flesh meaning of me trying to work out this thing on my own. It divided a wall. Now, this is the thing that confuses people because we say a lot of people like, you know, we use a lot of times, even in the old church, we say a so-and-so needs to get themselves together. A so-and-so needs to get together. A so-and-so is not here at church because they off all these different types of things. And we think some, some of us think that God is a critical person. He is someone who sits on the seat of judgment and waits for you to get it together for him to receive you again. We think that God is a distant God, someone who's far away, who doesn't want to have anything to deal with you. That's not the God I serve. Scripture says that while I was still in sin, created a wall, he loved me in the midst of me being at hostility towards God, God being his father. What that meant was it says that he came and he did away with the wall. What he was saying is, is that God cannot look upon sin even though he loves the sinner. God is not in connection with sin, but he loves the person who sins. Jesus came. I hope this is not too far. I hope you understand this. But Jesus came and did away with the rituals of the law. According to the Old Testament, the priests were trying to do all these different things to make themselves at one with God. At one means at one atonement. At one, trying to make an atoning sacrifice so that they might be able to be at one with God. Nothing that the priest did was making, nothing that the priest did was working. Meaning they kept doing things, but they had to keep doing it. Jesus came over in Hebrews. He talks about Jesus came and did once and for all what men had been trying to do forever. He came and was the ultimate sacrifice so that I don't have to do it again. Some of y'all might not have heard that before, but that's called the G-O-S-P-E-L called the gospel. Preachers don't preach it anymore, but that's how I got saved saved because he did once and for all what I've been trying to do or you've been trying to do or what mankind was or fleshly was trying to do forever but he came and broke that wall now when I think about a wall a wall is something that seems like an unmovable barrier it seemed as it seemed as if it couldn't move it couldn't enlarge itself but Jesus came and made that wall a fence 
When you have a fence, a fence can be easily moved or knocked down. But a wall is an impenetrable force that cannot be broken. But Jesus has so much power that things that seem too big for me are a little to him that he looks at a wall. He does not see a wall, but he sees a fence. And he says where there is a fence, there is also a door. That's why he writes in John, he says, I am the door. I am the door. There are no walls on doors, but there are doors on fences. Jesus came and he said, I'm going to do what you can't do for you. I'm going to pay the price that you cannot pay. There is a hostility. I don't know if you've ever been with a hostile person. You don't know what that word is. You've never been with anybody who has temper problems. You don't have anybody that's got anger management issues. None of you are ever familiar with that. You never heard of that. None of y'all have road rage in here. None of y'all have those types of things that make you want to cut somebody out. Y'all don't cuss. Y'all speak in tongues. There's nobody in this room who's ever dealt with that type of stuff where you treat people wrong and you look down your nose at people and you clap back at people. None of y'all do that. Y'all clap your hands Zion. You don't clap back at people. Nobody does that type of stuff. But for me I needed someone who would turn my wall into a fence not you for me I needed someone because I was at immunity which means hatred I was at I was separated hostility with God and I needed someone to tear down that wall for me while there are past presidents talking about building a wall Jesus turns down walls he did away with it so that I never have to deal with it again. Can we just thank God that I don't have to deal with that again? So now I come boldly to the throne of grace. Why? Because he tore the wall down. That's why it says in the scripture, I feel like I just want to tell you all about the gospel. That's why when Jesus breathed his last breath and he said it is finished and he gave up the ghost, it says that in the temple there started to be an earthquake and there started to be a shifting and there started to be a trembling because things that they had built with stone, the stone had already taken care of. He said, I no longer need your stone. I am now the chief cornerstone and what you've been doing, I no longer need. And he tore the veil. He did not tear it from the bottom. He tore from top to bottom. The weather, some of y'all don't know the Bible. He said, the veil was so high that no man could reach up to it. But Jesus took his finger and ripped down the middle and said, there is now no more separation between them and me because now I have brought them near by my blood. Someone say, I'm one of his kids. He did that. He went at... He went at war for me. He fought for me. I have not been able to fight for myself. But I have a God. I have a God who fights for me. I want to give God praise that when I'm asleep, there is someone in heaven who is doing warfare on my behalf. So I can wake up and I can be at peace because he is my peace. Someone say, God is my peace. Wall I couldn't break, he broke it. Couldn't get through it, but he did it. God's got a way that you can't go around. God's got a way that you can't go under. God's got a way that you can't go over. But you must come in. He is the way. 
He is the truth and he is the life. Someone say, I want to thank God for him being the way. When I didn't know my way, he was the way. When I didn't know where I was going, he knew where I was going. He knew the steps I should take. And he, when I was tried, he has caused me to triumph in his name. He went at war for me. And through that war gave me peace. I didn't have the equipment. I didn't have the tools to fight for myself, but he did it for me. I got a word for it. Isaiah 53rd chapter, verse 44th, first verse says, it says, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him, this is the gospel, y'all, esteemed him stricken and smitten by God and afflicted. It says he was pierced. King James Version says he was wounded. For my transgressions, he was bruised, King James Version. This says he was crushed. But can you tell me something, Joanna? Do you know I can praise God that he was crushed so that I didn't have to be? A lot of us don't know what to shout about. When here, right here, when it says he was pierced for my transgressions, we learned what transgressions meant. Transgressions last week meant false steps. Every time I made a false step. For everything I was going to do, he was already pierced for it. He knew that all of us had tendencies that we would make false steps. You, Lord, you don't get to judge me because you don't make the steps I make. Oh, I have a judgmental church in this room. You don't get to judge somebody because they don't do what you do. But whatever it is you do, he was already pierced for it. He already took care of it. And he was crushed for my iniquities. What is iniquities? Iniquities are generational things that I can't seem to break. Iniquities are things I was born. Come on, you want Bible for it? I tell you. In, in sin did my mother conceive me. I was, already, I was already on the wrong side of the tracks when I got here. But because of his blood because of his blood because of his righteousness I have been made right even though I got inner tendencies that's the Bible somebody says the Bible it may not be popular but it's right it says by he was crushed for my iniquities, and upon him it was the chastisement, the judgment that brought me peace. Christian, he was judged so that I could have peace. He got, he was judged, so you don't get to judge me because he was already judged so that I could have peace. Oh, shake a tail feather. Somebody in the room say, I got peace. You don't get to bring up my stuff because he's already given me peace about it. Whew, this is better than what I'm trying to get out of my mouth. He has given me peace about it. I was in the courtroom he became the judge and my defender. Sat behind the desk, read everything I did, told me what my fine was going to be, came off of the judge's seat, took off his robe, 
stood before where the judge was sitting and said, on behalf of Jesus and associates, I've already taken care of that. Somebody say, case dismissed. Preach, black man. I think I will. Case dismissed. Bring it up if you want, but the case is to Smith. I got papers, 66 books to prove that he's already taken care of. And when I look at the last book of the Bible, it says we already won. I want to give somebody a moment to give God praise because I already got victory. Preach, suit. Come on, church. Calm yourself down. Pace yourself. Says he was wounded. My transgressions. Verse 6. Trying to get out of that. Verse 6 says, All we like sheep have gone astray. All of us. We'd point to a few people and say, All of us. I mean, all of us like sheep. What is a sheep? Sheep doesn't even know their own direction. Sheep can't lead themselves. Charissa, that's why he gives me a shepherd. Because I need to be led. That's why he gives me a shepherd. Because I need somebody to reel me back in. That's why I have a shepherd. Because I need someone to tell me when to stop nibbling on things that are not grass. I need somebody to tell me I ain't talking about herbal grass. I'm talking about the grass of sin and things that are trying to get me off the path. That's why he says I I lead you in the path of righteousness for my name's sake. All of us like to nibble. You don't get to sit here and say, oh, I wonder what they doing. What you doing? All of us, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. And then it says he was oppressed. Here's the part. He was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. I want to help some of you today. You would win if you talk less. You don't have to defend what Jesus has already taken care of. You don't have to clap back for something he's already closed the book on. For everybody sitting here saying, I'm trying to wait to find you out. Wait all you want. Stay up at night. Turn on the lamp. Get you a cup of coffee. Do what you got to do. But when that door opens, he goes before me. He has already handled my case. Someone say he's handled my case. I love it, Caesar, when people try to bring up my past. I love it when people go on my Facebook page and my Instagram page and try to come up with a story. And then they try to call Lady Mel. And then they try to tell her, I saw him with her. I saw you too. And I ain't said nothing. Everything I do is public. Because everything in my private has already been taken care of. And I won't let another ninja, excuse me, a ninja or anybody try to come up in this church and create division. The devil is a liar. And you are too. Call all you want. I'll call it too. And say it's already handled. 
excuse me. Sorry. I apologize. First time guest, I do. Apologize. Apologize, Mike. I do apologize. So. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. But I wish a ninja would. I wish you would. Because people, what happens is, soon as you get free from something, God never remembers. But people won't forget. So every time it looks like you're going to go back, somebody wants to clap back and take a screenshot because you look like, I might look like where I was, but I am not where I was because I have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. He changed my inside. My outside is still fine. But my insides have been sanctified by the blood. Whew. All right. So, someone say it again. He's my peace. Sorry, I had to get that out of my system. He's my peace. It's my peace. He is my peace. So, I don't have to talk back because he talked for me. He took it for me. Can we just thank God for a moment that he took it for me? So we go on. I stay there too long because I, I feel, <laughs> excuse me. So it goes on. So in verse 17, it says, it says, it says, and he came, not only was he my peace, but he came and preached peace to me. It's one thing for him to be peace. But sometimes you can know a thing and not have a thing. Oh, Desiree, come preach this. See, you can know a thing, but still not have it in you. He said, they shout about stuff they don't have. So he came through 40 and two generations. Came through a virgin. I feel like preaching. Came through a virgin. He came and he said, I'm going to be the preacher myself. You got a lot of YouTube hits, but you ain't got no peace. He said, I will come and preach peace to you. Now, this is the part. I'm, I feel, I'm, oh, Jesus, I'm not wearing a suit ever again. I feel like really preaching in this place today. But it goes on, and it says, this is the part that blesses me. Timing, y'all talk about me in that group check, that text, that you talk about me in that group text, and I promise you, uh, a plague of frogs is going to come on your life. But here it is. Verse 17. It said, and he came and he preached peace to me. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm having a hard time. Who did he preach peace to? To those who were near and to those who were far away. Come here, uh, uh, Royal, right here. Just stand right there. Get a little closer. Uh, Greg, can you go back there? He preached to those who could hear it in ears length. And he preached to those who didn't feel like they could be in ears length. You feel close to me because maybe your history, your life, you've been churched and all that type of stuff. But there are a lot of people who have not been churched and feel far off. So he preaches to the people who know the way, who are in the way, and he preaches to people. Come here. 
who are on the way. I want you to look at a few people and say, I'm on my way. I want you to tell somebody in this room, I'm on my way. Don't you sleep on me. I'm on my way. Don't you close me up yet. I'm on my way. I know it don't look like it, but I'm on my way. I know it don't sound like it, but I'm on my way. Don't you sleep on me. I'm on my way. High five somebody say, I'm on my way. I'm on my way. I'm on my way. Just give me a few more days, I'm on my way. Give me a few more seconds, I'm on my way. It might seem like you are closer because you're already there. But he ain't finished with me yet. He ain't through with me yet. He's got more in me than what I see. Somebody holler out, I'm on my way. 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 And the thing is, Rock, I got peace about it. I got peace about it because I'm on my way. I got peace on it and I still smell like weed. I got peace on it and I still cuss. I got peace about it and I still drink sometimes. I got peace about it and I still clock. Maybe y'all are the close people, but to everybody who's far away, who still clocks, and maybe you got an OnlyFans discount, but there's people in this room who say, I'm far away, but he's calling me. Somebody say, he's calling Calling me. Somebody say he's calling me. You want Bible for it? I give you Bible for it. I feel like preaching. Excuse me for a moment. And I'm gonna come back out of this thing. You want Bible for it? There was a man. He was a prodigal son, and he said to his daddy, "Give me the things that belong to me. Give me the hint of things that I belong to." The dad gave him what he wanted, and when the dad gave him what he wanted, he went out into the world and he spent his living on all things. He went out and he did everything he knew to do. But the Bible. Bible says that while he was out there, he was sitting there with a husk and eating the things that did not belong to him. But the Bible says, and it says that when he came to himself, in the middle of me being wrong, I came to myself. I want you to tell somebody I'm getting ready to come to myself. I'm getting ready to come to myself. I've been out of my mind, but I'm getting ready to come to myself. I've been acting a little crazy, but I'm getting ready to come to myself. You think I've been a little cuckoo, but I'm getting ready to come to myself. My mind's coming back. Somebody in the room say, my mind's coming back. My mind's coming back. This little mind of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Get out of that Mario Jamil rapper. Well, so while he was out there, came to himself. He said, why am I here when my father has room enough to spare? I'm going to go back to my father's house. I don't even want to be called a son, but I just want to be back in his presence. I don't want a title. I just want to be back in his presence. I don't need to be a worship leader. I just want to be back in his presence. You don't have to call me anything. Just let me be in the room. I got to get back to my daddy. 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 Sin told me I don't belong here. But daddy says come home. I got to get back to my daddy. So the Bible says that while he was going back home, his father looked, saw him far off. He 
wasn't near, but he saw him fall off. The daddy did not do what church people did. They didn't screenshot it. They didn't text it. They didn't call somebody and say, look at them coming back, thinking they belong to him. That ain't what my daddy did. That ain't what my daddy did. That ain't what God did. He saw him fall and he ran to him while he was still afar off. I wasn't near, but he ran to me. Why did he run to him? Aaron, I believe he ran to him because sometimes my mind wants to take me back. But he ran to me so that even if I wanted to go back, he was going to go back with me. That even if I wanted to go back, he's going to go back with me. So I decided to run on with Jesus when I got to him. When I got home, everybody was excited but my brother. Everybody was excited but the brother who was in the house. Because the brother said, you ain't never thrown a party for me. And I've been here the whole time. Daddy looked at him and said, the reason I'm throwing a party is because he hasn't been here. You stayed here. You wanted to go. But you didn't go. I celebrate him because at least he told me that he wanted to do wrong. You sit here and act like you ain't wanted to do nothing. Like you ain't never wanted to sin. Like you ain't never wanted to smoke nothing. But he had the audacity to say, I want to try some things. So I celebrate him because he tried some things. But he came back home. And do you know what he said? Have you tried Jesus? That's what he said. Look at somebody and say, he came back and said, have you tried him? I've tried him for myself. I've gone into the world, but the world ain't got nothing for me. I went and tried that. It did nothing for me. I've got more partners than I can remember, but he's the only one who's never given me an STD. He's the only one who wasn't a midnight sand. He's the only one who knows what I did and still wants me. Somebody holler at your boy. Say he still wants me. I gotta start. I sit down. He preached peace to me. I was far off, but I was still worth a sermon. You don't get to say who's worth it or not. You don't get to say who doesn't deserve another chance. You don't get to say who doesn't deserve to get to come in. Jesus went and preached peace not only to those who were in the house, but to those who were coming to the house. For those who are still coming. I'm in there. I'm through. I want to celebrate all of you in this room who are still coming. I want to celebrate everyone in this room. You still got something in your breath. You get south, you still got something in your pocket, but you're still coming. I'm not talking about coming here. You're still coming to Jesus. You keep walking towards him. You keep running towards him. 
You keep saying, I, 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 didn't, I didn't get it all together, but I'm, I'm still coming. Scripture says, come to me, you who are weary and heavy laden. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me, for my yoke is easy. My burdens are light. Is there anybody in the room who can thank God for having patience with you? I'm, I'm sorry, Mr. Wrong People. Can we give God a round of a praise because he's got patience with me? You hear me? Patience. He knows me, but he still loves me. He knows me, but he still loves me. Anybody in this room right now who you felt like you've been under the seat of judgment, don't you let anybody put you down for what God has already redeemed you from. I taught you a word a few weeks ago that many of you already know. The word sanctification means I'm still a work in progress. You don't get to judge me because he's still preaching to me even though I'm still working on it. He doesn't reserve the message until I get in the house. He keeps talking till I get in the house. Scripture says over in John, it says, you are no longer slaves. For a slave does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. That everything that I want to do for you, I will tell you. You've got a friend in Jesus. You've got a friend in Jesus. Can we clap our hands? I'm finished. Just clap your hands. And just... The message isn't that my writing's not done but he's done I feel like I want I'm supposed to stop there because there's some of you who are still coming you're still coming and I want to give you an opportunity right now for those of you who are still coming I want to give you an opportunity to complete the walk come on come on come to Jesus Come on, come to Jesus. There's nothing better than knowing Jesus. He'll pick you up and turn your life around. You ought to know him. I said you ought to know him. If there's anybody in this room who you're ready to give your life to Jesus, just ready. Or two things I want to specifically pray for. You want to give your life to Jesus, you're ready, you're on your way. Secondly, those of you who say, I need to recommit my life to Jesus recommit we used to say in old church <laughs> backsliders hey, I'm talking about you've been backsliding you ain't sliding nowhere <laughs> but my mind wants to take me back sometimes but I still love him I'm just my walk doesn't always match my confession anybody in this room I would like for you to stand to your feet if you say hey I want to renew my commitment to Jesus or I'm ready to give my life to Jesus any of you all on the count of three I want you to stand to your feet all over the room ready one two three everybody whoever you're in that place you're ready to give your heart give your life to Jesus or recommit to Jesus I want you to stand to your feet stand to your feet anybody in this room anybody in this room all right all right thank you thank you Everybody point your fingers for your hands towards him and I point my hands towards live streaming father 
pray peace for every brother, every sister, everyone who's streaming, everyone who's in the room, everyone who's still on their way. I pray for my brother who stood in this room, but I pray for the countless decisions that are being made online right now. They're on their way. But Father, I thank you that they, you're there when they get there. So I pray, Lord, that you give peace to my brother, give peace to my sister, strengthen them as they make this decision to move forward. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Before we log off, I want to thank you for tuning in. Thank you for your partnership and your contributions that help us to reach people who so desperately need it. Now, it doesn't have to stop here. Make sure you're connected and that you're subscribed to every outlet. So if you need family prayer or anything, we can get what you need to grow to you. Have a great week. Know that we are praying for you. And as always, remember to keep growing. I want to take this time to thank you for your prayers, support, and generous giving that make this ministry possible. For more ways to connect, visit online at growthpointchurch.org. If you've enjoyed today's message, you can like, subscribe, share with your friends, or take a screenshot and share on your social stories and tag us at My Growth Point. Until next time, keep growing.